Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. We're in an awesome study right now, folks. 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to be going from verse 6, and I'm going to take us down to verse 12. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him, though you do um, do um, not now see him, you believe in him, and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicated indicating so Christ was even in the prophets huh when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories it was revealed this is verse 12 to them that they were serving not themselves but you in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preached the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven things into which angels long to look Okay, so what's Peter talking about? Peter, our humble fisherman here, he's talking about trials and testing of our faith. That's what he's talking about. We've got a living hope. We've got a living hope, and that's what we have when we face various trials. And he's trying to reassure these young Christians. Now, many of these may be persecuted, religious persecution, political persecution. Who knows what they're going through? They're cut off from people. He's telling them, you know what? You're not cut off from God, no way. And he says they're among the elect exiles. In other words, they are the dispersion. And if we, we've said the last several studies, dispersion means God put them where he wanted to be put them. In other words, this is not a random event. You're where you are right now because God put you there. They were where they were right then in that point in time in human history because God put them where he wanted them. And so there's a very important lesson for us to understand that God puts people where he wants, his elect exiles, where he wants. So what you're dealing with 
today, where you are, what family you're in, uh, what friends you've got, what connections you've got, God's put you there. Now that's not to say you can't move or go any place, but He's guiding your steps. You're doing, you're making the decisions you're making because God, God knows God put you there. You are there according to His providence. You are dispersed and you are dispersed among the world to do what? To carry out the will, His will. And even the prophets who were looking carefully into how this will was going to occur, how man's salvation was going to occur, that they were, they were given insight by what? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was working even in the prophets before Jesus' official, quote, arrival on earth. They were trying to figure it out. But the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of Christ gave them the insight and understanding. And the things that we now see were things that were prophesied about by the early prophets. But they had the insight that they were serving us, not themselves, by being prophets. And so we've got to understand we're dispersed just like these people all across these um, provinces in Asia Minor that Paul's writing uh, that Peter is writing to and he's saying look every one of us is going to go through trials we are all going through trials and what do those trials do they're there to produce a stronger faith and a stronger perseverance that's what these trials are there for and as we said yesterday the message is, is that we are sharing in Jesus Christ's death on the cross. We are sharing with His resurrection. We are sharing His blood because He gives us His blood. We are sharing His, His body because He gives us a new body. That's His church. The church is the body of Christ. He gives us a new heart and a new mind. His heart and mind. And so we also share in his trials. As Christ was tempted, as Christ underwent things, we have to we have to share in those too so that we as we persevere in our faith in him we glorify him. And then we share in his glory also because only Christ gives us the ability to have ultimate victory over trials of various kinds. Christ gives us the ability to have victory over death of various kinds. Everybody's going to die. People die in different ways. We all get that. People have all kinds of trouble. Some people have cancer. Some people have financial troubles. Some people have health, other trouble or relationship troubles. Everybody's got troubles and trials. Everybody has to face death. Everybody has to face mortality. But Christ has overcome all of that. And as we as we face our tests and our trials with Christ, we become more like him and we share in his trials as he shares in our trials. And thus we give him glory when we overcome our trials we give him that glory 
just as he gave the Father glory when he overcame his earthly trials. And then, likewise, as he is in us and we overcome these trials and we overcome even death itself, we share in his glory, the glory that the Father has given him. He shares his glory with us and we give him all our glory. It's His glory to start with. So, this is our faith. This is our living hope. Our living hope is in our Lord Jesus Christ. So, our faith is designed to make us more and more dependent on Him. We can't depend on ourselves for anything. Any relationship needs to be Christ-centered. Any task needs to be Christ-centered. And when that happens, as we become more and more like Him, and we give Him everything that we, the result of our trials, and the result of our faith, and the result of our perseverance, that turns into praise to God. We give Him the credit for us getting through this, these things. We give Him the praise, we give Him the honor, and we give Him glory. Describe it any adjective you want. All of these adjectives apply to Christ and our reactions, as Peter says, this is this is how we worship him through our trials, giving him the praise, honor, and glory as we overcome these things. Now we can't measure how we overcome these things based on our yardstick, our measurements. And some of us they say, you know, we've got cancer and the person never gets better from the cancer and they end up dying. Well, you don't, you can't measure that by human standards. You give Christ the praise, the honor, and the glory. Christ ultimately died for all of our sins, right? By human terms, it was a failure. The Romans thought they killed him. The corrupt Jewish leaders thought they killed him, but that's measuring it by human standards. But by God's standards, it was a victory. So you can't measure something by your standards. Like, oh, the person didn't get better from their cancer, or they, you know, they prayed a lot, but they still had a heart attack and died. You can't measure that. Or this person was trying to reach out to people and and uh, you know minister to others in Christ, and they got rejected all the time, and people made fun of them. Their, their ministry was a failure. You can't measure yourself by human standards like that either. Everything you do, give it to Christ. Praise, honor, and glory. And, and how, what is your emotion about that? You need to completely love Him. Completely trust Him. That means believe in Him. Completely give Him your trust. You're not second-guessing Him. Oh, God... I will do this if you do that. This is not quid pro quo. This is all in for God. God wants your total heart. He doesn't want a um, a prenuptial on your on your faith. And he doesn't want a little bit of love. He wants all your love. He wants a sincere love. He doesn't want somebody reluctantly loving him. He wants somebody joyfully loving him. Rejoice with inexpressible joy. That's what he wants. That's he doesn't want a bunch of, 
uh, sacrifices like in the Old Testament, and he doesn't want a whole bunch of checks or cash like we're doing in the New Testament, like when we give offerings. He doesn't want all that. Yes, we do give it to him, but he wants it given with a joyful heart. He wants a joyful gift. So I was thinking about how this applies this morning, and this may or may not make sense, but I was thinking that a lot of these trials, or at least in my own walk, have to do with interactions. And when you break it down, it's an interaction with either, you know, your wife in my case, or a husband or whatever, you know, a significant person in your life, in my case, wife. And then another set of interactions is with your family, your children. Now that could be with your uh, parents, you know, if you, if you, you know, if you don't have children or whatever. But at least for me, wife, then number two, children. And then number three, people I interact with socially or at work. So those are the three earthly interactions. Now my big interaction is with my Father in heaven, with my Lord Jesus Christ, and with the Holy Spirit living in me. But my earthly interactions, sometimes I feel is the source of a lot of troubles. You can have arguments, you can have misunderstandings, you can have just a bad feeling if an interaction doesn't go the right way. If somebody at work or school doesn't do what you would ask them to do or doesn't like you or doesn't respond in the right way or they come across to you very critical, it hurts your feelings, doesn't it? Sure. Or maybe you have an argument with your husband or your wife or some significant other. That hurts your feelings. Or your children or maybe your parents. You have an argument with them or you they don't respond to you the way you would wish they t- would, like a, like a child. You want them to understand your wisdom, but they don't. They're focused on playing a video game right now or something like that. And you think, I wish they would see me for the person that I am who loves them so much. But they don't. They're focused on something else. So we've got relationships every day. And I think every day... We've got daily trials in how we interact. The conversations that we have, are our conversations Christian conversations? And what does that mean to have a Christian conversation? What does that mean? And then, you know, I was studying also about muscle growth and development, about what collagen is. And I just remembered, you know, reading that collagen is is made up of amino acids. You've got proline and you've got glycine and you've got um, lysine arginine yeah I think that's the way I remember it proline uh, proline, uh, glycine and arginine those are the three main amino acids in in this collagen protein and these collagen protein forms three sort of cross link cross linking bands like ropes it's like it's like a, a rope made out of three smaller ropes, and these ropes are put together like that in groups of three. And then you take that rope, which is a, a rope of three, and then you put that together with a whole bunch of more ropes, groups of three, until you get a whole big bundle of them. And that's what's in between your muscle fibers. 
It's like the glue for your muscle fibers. It's like the glue for your tendons and your joints, and your muscles, and your hair, and your skin. It's, I think I was reading somewhere where about 60% of your body tissue is made up of pure collagen, amino acid proteins. Your body is literally held together by these little three cord strands. And then I just remember reading in the Bible, it says... A cord of three is not easily broken. And it just got me to thinking, isn't that beautiful? Isn't that an amazing analogy that the Bible's talking about a cord of three? Is it specifically mentioning collagen? No, but I can see the application to collagen. It's a very orderly, and when you look at the microscopic slide, it's a very orderly arrangement of these cords of three strands. It's a beautiful arrangement and it maximizes the strength and then I think to myself every relationship that I've got should come down to three three parts three strands on this cord one is me two is the other person I'm dealing with whether it's my wife or my children or somebody at work and the third person the third element of this strand of three is the Lord, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of Christ. Now, if I have a strand of three and my heart's centered on Christ, that strand of three is not easily broken. But if my heart's not centered on Christ, if my heart is not centered on correctly, then my cord is ineffective. Now, I don't know about the other person. I know the Lord is there. But if my heart's not there, it's at least a strand of two, maybe a strand of one. It's easily broken. So it just kind of came to me, and I've been praying for wisdom about prayer. And it just came to me that In the book of James, and it seems to be reflecting also in 1 Peter chapter 1, that we need to be so prayerful in through every single trial. We need to be so prayerful. Why? Because we've got to give Christ the praise, the honor, the glory for everything we do. So I, what do I have to be praying for in my Christian walk, in my Christian conversations? Because every conversation is a potential for praise, honor, and glory to Christ. Every conversation is also a potential trial for me to grow my faith and my perseverance. So I'm praying for pride, patience, and perseverance. And if I can interact in people prayerfully, every time and whatever we're talking about I'm praying for my pride my patience and my perseverance that they see Christ in whatever conversation we're talking about so I can give them the praise the honor and the glory why because I am the dispersed I am dispersed where Christ wants me to be today right now and you are too.
So every opportunity that you have with somebody else is an opportunity that God has already ordained, that God has already dispersed you and dispersed them to be where they are and you where you are. How strong is that relationship? How strong is that opportunity? How strong is it? Well, if your heart is centered on Christ, if it is, if, if, if I am praying for my pride, my patience, and my perseverance in that conversation, I am more than likely to keep my Lord my Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of my Lord Jesus with me so that I can grow. My pride has to be that my heart is centered on Him and not myself when the conversation is going on. Now, we can be talking about the, 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 the simplest things. We can be talking about work things or we could be talking about homework or we could be talking about, you know, shopping or you know whatever we're talking about but I, if I'm praying for my pride first of all that means my pride has got to be that my heart is centered on Christ's priorities not necessarily my priorities but his priorities my heart has to be right my and pride is so slippery so praying for your pride first Every sentence, every word that comes out of your mouth. You know how the tongue is so evil? It's the most evil organ in your body is your tongue. So I've got to be prayerful about that. I've got to be prayerful for my patience. Because patience, you can slip up on patience and then the tongue takes over. You can slip up so easy. And then you can pray for perseverance. And the perseverance is how you weather it, how you weather the trial, and how you grow from the trial. But these are just some things that are coming to my heart right now as I'm doing this study. And I hope it makes sense. But a cord of three is not easily broken. And I think it's so beautiful that it's such an analogy to, to uh, collagen that I can, I can see that picture. And it's such an analogy to the fact that it always takes only two, you know, you hear that old saying, it takes two to, to have an argument. That's right. It takes two to have an argument. But three is not easily broken. Why? Because if the Lord is in the picture, if it's a strand of three, that's not easily broken. Now, you can have one that is centered on Christ and maybe the other is not. It's so... You're not going to have an argument then if one person is centered on Christ and the other person isn't because you've got a strand of two. 
Because you've got the one person who's centered on Christ, and then you've got the Holy Spirit. That's a strand of two. That's stronger. If you've got two people not centered on Christ, that's only a strand of one. Because the, the Lord doesn't fail you. He's there. But if you've got two people centered on Christ, and you've got the Holy Spirit of Christ, now you've got a strand of three. What have you got? You've got worship. Worship through the trial, worship through the conversation, and praise, honor, and glory goes to Him. So, God bless you all. I hope this was insightful for you. It sure, certainly was for me. I love this study. Um, we'll take up here Monday again as we continue our study through First Peter. God bless you all. Now I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia. Matali, take it away. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from First Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 7 all the way to verse 9. So we saw in our study um, previously in the sixth verse, which um, is actually the key that contrasts two words that are worlds apart. So um, verse 6 of First Peter chapter 1 reads, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials so it's contrasting two words that are actually worlds apart like you know as a christian you go through trials for a reason um you but you have to rejoice so it says in this you are you you um you greatly rejoice so that is you know why are we rejoicing we're rejoicing in um the trials that we're facing and peter will give us you know one of the reasons um, here to actually endure the trials um, on earth and um, you know it's because we are not going to be long down here that's one of the reasons we have the whole of eternity so the little trials that we face here are only for a short while and there's going to be an eternity ahead of us which we actually need to dwell on as Christians and today there is you know such an emphasis on you know um you know things that we have on our fingertips you know materialism and you know psychology it's it's what um we find now like people try to want to explain that um to us that we are adequate enough if we just accept ourselves you know today there is this notion of self-worship you know, where they say, oh, you know, you're, you're bigger than that. You're better than that. If you focus on this and that, and you know, that's the emphasis, um, on, um, like on life today. And, you know, if we are having trouble then down here right now, then there is something wrong, but it doesn't mean, you know, we should, um, you know, it doesn't, but it's not that, uh, we should be, um, you know, as scripture says, sorry, it means, you know, we should be encouraged for facing trials and tribulations because, uh, if, if we go back to verse four, um, of first Peter, it reads, 
to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away reserved in heaven for you right so if we go through the trials and tribulations we ought to rejoice but today you know we are made to think there's actually something very wrong but we ought to look at eternity you know in eternity you know it's but for a little while that you go through trials for a bigger purpose for a grander purpose and you know our inheritance because we have an inheritance in eternity and that inheritance is you know it's not it's non-destructible it's undefiled it doesn't fade away and um you know it's it's actually says here it's reserved in heaven for you and me so it's it's like the best safety deposit box you can ever have that's um actually an inheritance that's um kept for us by you know god the father god the son and god the holy spirit so what better um who better actually um you know um protect our inheritance than you know um than than, than god it's like in safe hands it's it's an inheritance that's not going to be destructed destructible or it's it's not defiled um in any way so um you know because of the inheritance we will receive we actually face trials down here and we face these trials every day um and these trials let's not forget they are temporary down here and paul emphasized this in um second corinthians um chapter 4 verse 17 which reads um for our light affliction which is but for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory so you know this light affliction we're passing through this mini tribulation we're passing through is just for a little while so we think today you know the material things and the worldly things are actually valuable the things that we have on our fingertips are valuable but they're not you know they are a passing phase they will fade away and you know they will pass away you know compared to um if we measure it on the perspective of eternity so the things that we do not see are eternal things that are actually important because you know we have that eternal inheritance promised to us by um by god verse 7 goes on to read that the genuineness of your faith be much more precious so here's the word precious um and than and and it's actually mentioned seven times uh dr jimmy pointed it out um so it says that the genuineness sorry that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious so your faith is much much more precious than gold and silver so uh, it's much more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire may be found to pray may be found to praise honor and glory at the revelation of jesus christ so here um peter goes into details about you know the trials that we will have down here and peter uses an illustration of gold so he says you know the trials that you are going through is for a purpose and it's for a short while and it's for a purpose which um um is actually present so god today is doing for his children what they do to gold to the to 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 you know to the metal gold so you know 
when gold is actually mined, it's taken into the smelter and it's put in, you know, a red hot furnace to purify it. So um, it's not put in the furnace forever. It's put in the furnace for a little while. So when they melt it, the dross is actually removed and you get pure gold. And that's what God is doing. We're passing through, you know, a fiery trial. It's for a moment. It's not, um, he's not making us pass through a trial that we cannot handle. He makes us pass through trials that we can handle in order for us to be purified so the testing that god gives us today he puts um he puts us in the furnace not to destroy us or hurt us or to harm us but he wants to purify us and this is what actually develops christ like a christian character and this is god's method so the method is what's left out in our programs today um you know, people t like to use gimmickry and shortcuts to, uh, and they feel that's going to actually develop, um, you know, a Christian character that, you know, we are actually adequate, you know, the psychology today, you know, they, they teach you to self worship and say, you know, you're, you, you know, you make it on your own, you're good on your own. So, you know, we ought to come as sinners instead of teaching us to come as sinners to christ then he actually saves us he wants to live his life through us so he gives us trials so um he doesn't want us to use all these gimmickries and you know doctrines and um you know ceremonies and thinking oh okay that's going to actually help us um to actually develop a christian character no you know and um so he wants to live through us and he gives us trials and you know at the appearing of jesus christ we will actually thank god for the trials because god actually demands perfection and out of all these trials and all he purifies us and you know at his coming we're going to thank god for it verse 8 of first peter goes on to read um whom having not seen you love though now you do not see him yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory so here simon peter had seen the lord jesus christ uh, personally he had been with him for three years you know he had stumbled and you know you know like um during the time he had learned and he had grown and um he had been with him for three years then he came you know to the sea of galilee and you know the breakfast that the lord jesus christ prepared for them after his resurrection and simon peter had actually failed him he had failed him he had denied him so he asked if simon peter loved him um in scripture you know it's written do you love me and you know not that um and 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 you know he he didn't say oh you know simon peter i'm gonna set you aside you know i won't use you because you failed me or anything like that but he asked simon peter if he loved him and of course simon peter says you know um yes christ i love you and you know the lord jesus christ said you know he would actually um let simon peter feed the sheep and he proceeded um to actually preach the, um, the first sermon on the day of Pentecost because the Lord Jesus Christ assigned him to feed the sheep um, you know God didn't set him aside you know um, God wants us to go to him you know with all our hearts to love him with all our hearts you know does our you know does our heart beat faster for God today and you know um, you know like Simon Peter um, despite Simon Peter you know um, denying God uh, but God still went back to him and said, you know, do you actually love me? 
so you know and you know you and me t- today you know um how much do we love um the lord jesus christ so you know here it says whom having not seen uh do you love that's what verse 8 here actually says whom having not seen you act you love so the holy spirit is the one that can actually make him real to you and me today we haven't seen him but do we love him um and it's only through the holy spirit it's only when we're begotten through the holy spirit and you know we begin to live for christ we begin to accept christ and um and uh you know that's the only way you know we actually uh will love him and he, he that's the only way he actually becomes real to us so the holy spirit is the one that can make him real to us and if you don't love him um there is no course or you know no gimmickry in the world that will help you and he won't tell you um to do anything he won't tell you to feed his flock he won't tell you to do anything um no matter what you do no matter how many things how many courses you do no matter what you do um you know it's it won't help so you know do you really love him that's the question um or you know you know you're just there following a ritual you know every sunday you get up and go to church and you know you 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 do bible class you do all these things all these gimmickries and things like that um but you're actually uh dead in religion that is meaningless so all those that have ever served him you know there's paul simon peter luke matthew mark john you know, they they all loved him so if you love him this will actually help um you know you and me it will actually help us with our lives today so the love of christ draws our hearts together as believers it draws our hearts together and it will help us in you know in our everyday lives it will help us in our homes in our churches to help us every day the love of christ you know bring christ in your relationships bring christ in your life and you know um though you go through the trials and tribulations but you're going to experience that joy and it will bring rejoicing in your hearts you know what stood out for me today in today's teaching is you know the statement dr jv mcgee gave he said we are children of the king and have an inheritance coming someday so today you know wake up every day and say you know what i am a child of god i am a child of the king and you know that inheritance is coming despite what we may be going through today um you know draw near to to god um don't draw away from him draw near to draw closer to god you know bring god in 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 uh, in your life and if you love him he will help you through um your life today you know he will, no matter what you're going through you know he will bring that peace that joy in your heart today you know the love of christ it you know draws our hearts together if you love christ you know it will draw your hearts you know to other people together um and you know put christ in 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 everything that you do put christ in um he will help us he will help you and me now in in you know in our everyday lives in church in homes in everything in relationships he will um actually uh, help um and he'll bring that joy and peace that um we are always always seeking verse 9 goes on to read receiving the end of your faith the salvation of your souls so peter is writing now to the diaspora and this is you know a new section that we have reached um it's called the suffering in scriptures so salvation had actually been predicted by you know the prophets in scripture and all the prophets 
prophesied concerning salvation. You know, in verse 11, we have, that's 1 Peter 1, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and glories that would um, follow. So the prophets spoke of the suffering of Christ, the grace of God, uh, you know, the suffering of Christ and the grace of God. Um, you know, Isaiah 53 speaks of it, Psalms 22 speaks of it, and many more other um, books um, in the Bible speak of it. And the glory um, in Isaiah 11 and in Psalms 45. So the prophets all spoke of, you know, the suffering, um, the sovereignty, the glory that was actually coming. They actually all spoke about it and prophesied about it. And, you know, um, that, you know, there was going to come a king who was going to come and establish his kingdom here on earth. Um, they spoke about it and the prophets saw both of these, but they actually didn't distinguish um, between the two. They didn't distinguish between the suffering of, um, uh, of Christ and um, the establishment of the kingdom. So they wondered about it. And, you know, Isaiah actually wrote things that he didn't understand. You know, for him, he knew, you know, there was coming a king in the line of David um, who was um, coming to establish his kingdom here. But, you know, there were so many Gentile kings. And, you know, you can imagine, like, what he was beginning to wonder. I'm sure he was thinking, am I going crazy? You know, because, like, his understanding was, we, I ha there is actually a king coming in the Davidic line. But, um, but it was Gentile king after Gentile king. So he was actually wondering. Um, but he spoke about it. And um, he wrote about uh, the king. And we should... You know, like uh, you and me today, we actually stand in that in a unique position where we don't have to wonder. Uh, we actually now know the mystery has been revealed to us. And, you know, that's a beautiful position to be in. We know that, you know, um, the Messiah is coming, you know, um, the second coming of Christ. He's coming to establish his kingdom here. So, um, you know, we know, you know, we have um, an inheritance, you know. We are children of a king who is coming to establish his kingdom here. And we have an inheritance, an eternal inheritance um, in that kingdom. So, you know, let us draw near to God. Um, you know, if we love him, you know, the Holy Spirit is one that can actually make him real to us today. So if we love Christ and, you know, we, we are begotten in the Holy Spirit, uh, only then do we draw near to Christ and only then does he do, does he do amazing things in our lives. Does he, you know... Um, you know, does he help us in, um, you know, our, in our everyday lives today, in our homes, in our, in our, in our um, you know, in our churches, in our relationships with, um, um, with others. So, yeah, this is today's teaching. Thank you all for listening in. I hope you all enjoyed uh, today's teaching and you learned or picked out a few things. Um, you have a pleasant Friday. Stay healthy, stay safe, God bless and bye-bye.